0: all your base are belong
1: to us Hello and welcome to Fake Geek Girls podcast looking at nerdy pop culture from both a fan and critical perspective encouraging the things we love to do better I'm Missy I'm a writer and this is episode w- well it's not episode 100 it's what we've been up to 100
0: Wow Can you believe it I can we've been doing this for uh, 10 years in August.
1: Yeah. That's that's weird. That is weird. That's weird. It's going to be weird to take a break. Yeah. Is that allowed? I don't know.
0: <laughs> Who are you? Uh, I don't know. I'm Mary. I'm a marketer. And I'm nine months pregnant today. Wow. It's kind of weird. That is weird. I'm not looking forward to the birth.
1: <laughs> you would rather stay pregnant?
0: No. I just... Can't we be like Midge? <laughs> pop it off. Take. I mean, that's kind of like a C-section, but... <laughs> Yeah, I don't think it's normal to be so pre- like pregnant. I don't think that's natural.
1: <laughs> uh I beg to differ on that, Mary. I think Listen, it is it shouldn't be. It is actually pretty normal. Bodies are weird. We're really bad at we're really
0: bad at being pregnant, but at the same time, it's cool that like your body can do certain things. Um, but at the same time, like, why is she stealing all my iron? I've never been iron deficient. <laughs> She needs it. She's building a horde. I need it more. I probably don't need it more, but... It's a lot of iron to take. I'm already on supplements. Why do I get a lower immune system? Shouldn't I get a
1: higher one?
0: I don't know. I have a lot of grapes. Um...
1: I'll go first because I have a lot. You do. I I've been a busy girl. Um. So I read the like collected edition of Die, which is a comic by, uh, Kieran Gillen, Stephanie Hans, Clayton Cowell, and Ryan Hughes. Uh, Die in in the way that I think I have come to expect from Gillen's writing has a simple premise that tells you like only the barest surface level of what's going on. In this case it's a group of teenagers get sucked into their tabletop role playing game like Jumanji and they come out different. (laughs) Um, That's only the barest fucking hint of what's going on in this comic. Um, It's been like a couple weeks now since I read it and it's quite a dense series but it deals, like it grapples a lot with world building and i don't mean in the like how you build a fantasy world i mean like like your internal world like what shapes your internal world how do you how do you reconcile those influences especially when you have difficult feelings about them like there's like full-on conversations with like representatives of tolkien and charlotte bronte
0: Interesting. and the
1: whole comic like deals with like the history and invention of tabletop games and role playing games and um the legacy that they create the series is about these six teenagers who like who are some of them are friends some of them are not some of them are siblings they all come to this night where they're going to play a tabletop role-playing game with their friend who i think his name is sid sid i think it might be sid from skins Skins. i mean um (laughs) so they sit down to play this game of his own creation which now exists as a real game like i have it it's a real game that you can play Um and everybody gets their own class and oh my god the classes are so fucking cool like they are the coolest classes in any rpg ever um but anyway they they sit down to play this game they get sucked into it like it's real life and uh eventually when they go to leave something happens and one of them gets left behind and time has passed in the real world they grow up to be adults uh somehow one of the die comes back to them and they enter back into the fantasy world in their 40s and um have to find a way out again i fucking love this comic it's so good like it's it's so extremely my shit um i love like the like through fiction the examination of like how we feel about fiction. That sounds so it's you. so fucking up my alley. I loved it. So <laughs> you gonna say up your ass. It's so up my alley. It kinda, ass. you know,
0: it is you, this is like
1: your jam. It's right yeah, up your ass. It's right up my ass. <laughs> anyway. Um I yeah, the, the story is just so extremely my shit. I love that there's essays. I think we should always have essays at the end of comics. Um it's my favorite thing. Uh so i yeah and uh stephanie hans's art it it like people have and this is like fair to an extent when you picture a comic book you have like an image of what that art is going to look like and it is not what stephanie hans has done in this book which Mm -hmm. is like this is not to say other comic art is not good but like what stephanie hans does in this book is so fucking incredible um and uh Ryan Hughes who did the design like design in this book is gorgeous like you look at a page here in this book and you're like this like this is incredible just to look at like just from a like without even looking at the story without looking at the art like just the way everything just is arranged from it's, an eyeball point of yeah, view yeah it looks it's it's so good um, this is not a series that's gonna be for everybody, uh, cause not everybody, I, like, I'm not usually a, a really world-build heavy, world-building heavy fantasy reader. Like, I prefer things that are closer to our reality. So, like, I did get a little confused with some of the different realms of Die.
0: But you just go along with
1: it. I just go along with it. I'm here for a good time. Um, and that's the approach I take when I'm, like, really into something and I'm not, like, 100% grasping the world-building.
0: <laughs> like, uh, uh are those books that are difficult.
1: oh the locked tomb yeah 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 the locked tomb is very much i'm here for a good time yeah. and i may not know what's going on but i'm having a good time anyway <laughs> um <laughs> similarly with die i didn't i didn't 100 get like every single piece of it but nonetheless it super landed for me and i had a great time with it um i got the big like bound edition because i knew i liked the series but for whatever reason it stopped appearing in my pull box at my comic shop um I remember when it first came out, you were so pumped. I was, and I was right. <laughs> so I do remember you saying too, I don't think this will be for everybody, but this is my jam. Yeah. It's it's just like uh, so much of it is about like grappling with like the legacy of fantasy and gaming. And it's just
0: right there. For it's you. just
1: like that's just not for everybody, especially when it gets like really meta.
0: But it's extremely for you. Yeah, it's
1: extremely for me. Like it was, I was like, this is a comic that I'm gonna fucking love the shit out of, and and I did indeed love the shit out of it. It's about six, just like fucked up people, <laughs> just like, like, oh my god, not a one of you is okay, um, and you know our relationship to fantasy and and so on, and also the coolest rpg classes like the fucking coolest rpg classes there's like a grief there's like the emotion night so like they use uh emotion to do their abilities um and the one in the story is a grief knight. so it's an emotion-based archetype and he has a sword that verbalizes his worst fears and becomes more powerful as he becomes sadder um yeah it fucking rules the <laughs> It was just really, really good. So if that sounds interesting to you or you think our tastes align, it might be worth giving Die a try.
0: I watched the new season of The Great British Bake Off, which is now, I don't know if it changed or what, but it's The
1: Great British Baking Show. That's the American version.
0: That's what the, Okay, so that's what they have on Netflix. So yeah, that's, that's the dumb, American
1: title. I don't like that. It's, it's always been that.
0: Has it? Yeah. Maybe I, I never looked at it, I just look at the title screen when I'm watching it. Yeah, it's so the American one has always been the Great okay. British Breaking Great Great Bitter British show. British yeah, yeah. I feel like they say it though. I don't know. Anyways, it'll always be the Great British Bake Off, no matter what. Um and it was did not disappoint. Um, especially since they did not have Mexican week <laughs> or American Week. Um, I think they vowed never to do that again because I don't think there's anyone who enjoyed those. Um it was really good, and I'm going to spoil it because I'm so excited who won. So one of the contestants, he was like – he taught like PE to kids or something. He was like – he like – uh lifted weights he was a muscle guy like and he had zero confidence in himself he's like i don't know how i got here i didn't even apply myself my girlfriend applied for me i'm you know expecting to go home first and he won the whole fucking thing wow and it was just so it was i saw a lot of people who kind of felt the way i do of like there's another person who we were all like that person's clearly gonna win but their last bakes weren't Great. And then Maddie won. Everyone's like, I thought so. But I'm so happy that Maddie won. Um, He's just so genuine and kind. I mean, all of them are. They're all so genuine and kind. And I just don't think I've watched any other baking show. I've been suggested a few. Um, It's a brunch one on HBO, which I watched, which is nice, but it just doesn't hit the same. There's something about this show just is different from so many others. I mean, it's a competition, but is it really a competition? Not they they like help each other and are excited about each other. No one's really competing against each other. They're competing against themselves. Mm -hmm. The food that they make is not typically is not like giant fondant cakes. I don't like that. That's not fun to me. They're actual, like, technical things, and, like, I love the technical bakes. I like to learn, like, different things to bake, or they break savory things, and the pictures that the the show makes to, like, show what the, the bakers are making are just beautiful. They're just beautiful. Um. So, yeah, I finished that. It was so good. I loved it. It was happy. Um. And there's a new there's a new host. I can't remember her name, but sh- I love her. I did not like the, the egg guy. Egg guy. He looked like an egg. <laughs> He's bald guy. He was fine. Um but the new girl is so funny. I think she's a in the UK she's like a famous like TV host. Mm. Um cuz I've I've seen her face before and I know I've heard her name, but I don't really know her. Um but she was like actually funny. <laughs> she was like actually funny. Um the other guy is still there, and he's funny, but not. She's great. I I thought that was the best thing that they've done, um, because she's just fun, and she's just so excited to be there. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was it was really good, and I highly suggest it. As like, you want something to feel good, no no bad feels. <laughs> then you go <laughs> go vibes watch only. it. Good vibes only. Go watch it. It's
1: just so so good. Nice. Um, I read, I think it's Piranesi by Susanna Clark, um, who also wrote Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell, a book I also loved. It's again, something that is, if you're the audience for it, you're the fucking audience for mm-hmm. it. And if you're not, boy, how are you going to bounce off of that? So Piranesi is about a person named Piranesi Whoa. who is, who lives in a strange under the sea. world. no. <laughs> Who lives in a strange world that is? I think three stories of statues. <laughs> There's statues everywhere. There's lots of. When rude, you say stories. Do you mean like read stories, like of a building? Or, okay,
0: of a building. Okay.
1: Um, and it's surrounded by the sea, and sometimes it floods. And for the most part, Piranesi is alone. And he wanders these halls and catalogs the statues that are inside of inside of them. He like fishes and that kind of stuff. Um, and he knows all the tides and that kind of thing. And he has no memory of ever living anywhere else. He keeps journals um, to keep track of what he does. Um, he also knows somebody else in this world who he refers to as the other who shows up like twice a week and is very annoying basically he's he shows up and he's looking for like something he refers to as like the great knowledge or something like that which seems kind of magical in nature like when you picture like uh, a secret society wizard you know what i mean <laughs> like a real world secret like they're like like the fucking order of the golden dawn or whatever he's like one of those people um and He basically, this is like a very mild spoiler for what, for like how the plot goes, but he basically, the other tells Piranesi, like, oh, there's somebody who's trying to get here. Don't talk to them. They'll make you go mad. And that, like, simple statement leads Piranesi to find out that the reality he understands as reality has, in fact, not been exactly what it seems,'s been lied to. And it starts to unravel um it was so good i loved this book this is a book that like got heavy heavy praise when it was released which was in like 2020 or 2021 and i just hadn't gotten around to reading it reading it yet but it was so good once you like hit a certain point in the story i like couldn't put it down i had to know what was going to happen and it was great um as you're describing it for some reason
0: all that's like i'm thinking of and this is not even the same as so that you were saying is the library and avatar with the big Uh, owl Mm, yeah it's
1: not the same what you're saying but like that's how i picture it so i wouldn't be surprised if both of those things stem from a similar lineage Mm. because Piranesi is really informed by uh borges um who wrote a lot of really weird stories that (laughs) involve things like calendars and libraries Uh. and books and maps um and uh, I wouldn't be surprised if there was an element of Borges borrowed ah. for the library in Avatar, as well as uh, for what happens in Piranesi. Okay. Um, you also have uh, the uh, some of the other influence are things like the platonic world of forms. Um, Love it. You have the influence of c.s lewis so that like again a perfect nexus of things that i find interesting <laughs> so i loved this book my only complaint about the book which i think is pretty common is at the end felt a bit rushed i felt the book could have dealt done well with maybe an additional 50 pages um it's quite short like it's a short book um but it was so good. It is unlike anything else I've ever read, despite having this lineage of like Borges and C.S. Lewis and that kind of thing. Um, it was just supremely well executed and so exciting. Like it doesn't, <laughs> a, a guy wandering around a, a mostly empty building full of statues does not sound like it would be so fascinating, but it super is. <laughs> um, it has a lot to do with like elements of occultism and forbidden other, knowledge and, us. It ruled. I loved this book.
0: I watched Real Housewives so like, <laughs> very different vibe. Uh, but I needed something to turn my brain off. And you know what? Real Housewives always does it for me. <laughs> and I was like, why haven't I watched this one about horrible women living in Utah with like, <laughs> Surrounded by Mormons and like ex-Mormons and none of them are actually Mormon. So if you're on, if you're unfamiliar with real housewives, there's about 500 of them and each one is a different city. And there's like typically five to seven housewives in each, each, uh, franchise. And this one, um, I watched three seasons of it and it, they, they changed a few people, but it pretty much stayed the same. Anyways, that doesn't really matter. Um, these women are wild. They're just like, (laughs) I don't think they're the most scandalous of all the housewives, but when they are, I'm like, what the fuck? They're on their way to go to this is the big thing. So um they're on the w- their way to go to a Whistler, I think. And they're all in their van. They get the sprinter van for everywhere because they're probably not as rich as like Real Housewives of Beverly Hills or something like that. They're they're rich, but and they're stupid rich, but they're not let's take my private jet everywhere rich so they have a lot of sprinter vans um they're waiting for one of the women named jen and then they she gets on board and she gets a call and she says i have to go my husband has internal bleeding i need to go and they're like oh my god i'm just like go go like let us know like should we stay and she's like "No, no 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 just go about 15 minutes later the fucking fbi shows up (laughs) like, from New York. It was, it was, like, the New York FBI, or FBI? See, and, and police from New York show up. And they're like, where's Jen? And we're like, what do you mean, where's Jen? And at first, you're kind of like, this is just a sh- for the show, right? Right? No, this bitch was scamming old people with telemarketing schemes for years and is currently in prison. Oh my God. She like legit went to prison and was apparently the way that they made it sound and sounds that way um, was like their big the big guy that they were looking for like not gonna <laughs> the t- head honcho yeah the head honcho i mean she was the big cheese yeah she was stupid rich she was like dumb dumb rich she threw an eighty thousand dollar so she says party for her friend like that's ridiculous um and so everyone would happened are like D- didn't you guys like wonder where did her money come from and they're like yeah, but they are benefiting from it. Right. So there's another woman named Mary who's, that's te- you. That's not me. She's terrible. She that's was okay you. in better, <laughs> in earlier seasons, but she runs a church and it's been accused of running a culty church. Mm. Um, that's you. That's me. I am, I don't know where I stand on this because I have seen people say like, this is a typical black church. She is black. And I've heard people say like, no, people like legitimately worship her. And there's some scenes where you're kind of like, yeah, it kind of feels that way. Um, so I don't know where to sit on that, but I do know I hate her <laughs> because in this, in the last, this season that's currently on, she's a horrible person. She like, one of the girls is eating some food and she's like, are you going to eat all of that? And she's like, yeah, she's like, you're just such a pretty girl. I would hate for you to, you know, Oh my God. And she like doesn't say it, but everyone knows what she's, thinking and she just uh she this is gonna be um trigger warning i'm gonna say it. it's not a racial slur but something that's not nice to say there's an asian woman in the in the first two seasons um she's no longer on the show because she said some horrible things and is pro cop but um mary ca- called her multiple times she said i love your slanted eyes oh my god <laughs> and was like and she was like the woman was like hey like that made me feel not good. And she's like, what do you mean? That's beautiful. Like she, she clearly like knew, but she didn't care. Right. Right. Um, so like, she's just a bad person and she thinks that she has the best fashion and is just vindictive and like mean, like all the women are mean, right? They're all crazy and and mean and they're all, dumb they're all rich so they can't be that great but she's mean (laughs) like mean and everyone's afraid of her and I don't know why they're afraid of her um probably because she's one of the only diversity and they've already had one person kicked off for saying terrible things about like black lives matter Mm -hmm. um but it was it was she's bad she's bad anyways the show is great (laughs) uh i will be continuing to watch it there is the last episode is on next week of this season and i can't wait because we're this whole season, they've been, um, teasing this phone call with Heather. And they're like, she's like, I can't believe she did this to me. I can't believe it's her. She's like, taking off her mic and stuff. She's like, leave me alone. And like, there's up all these rumors about what it is. So I can't wait to figure out what it is. And yeah, um, when you're eight months pregnant, you need something to turn your mind off. And it, this, this was good. <laughs> that did it. That did it. And I just can't believe the one girl is in prison. Like, she legit, it's not the first housewife to go to prison, but, like, it's just kind of one of those things where it's, like, oh, this would be so easy to, like, hype up. Mm -hmm. And, like, oh, and then she was fine. And I kind of thought that's how she thought it was going to be. And they're, like, no, we have, like, real hardcore evidence that we've been getting for. Years. And then come to find out on this season, there's a new woman and this woman's like, yeah, I was her personal assistant. And then I had a friend tell me that she has an investigation and I totally called the police about it. <laughs> and we're, I was like, oh, 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 so you turned her in. She's a rat. <laughs> She's a rat. Um, uh, but she was scamming like old yeah. people and people who don't know what they're like cognitive aren't, right. aren't fully cognitive there. So, um, she deserves every, year she has in there which i think she has like six years it might be five she might have gotten reduced um but yeah she was terrible so is mary and so is all of them um one of the yeah one of the women can i can never remember her name heather's cousin her husband ran an mlm for a while like that's what people say it is and from what i saw it did seem like it wild. and then apparently they fired him because of a scene that he did with his wife where they were mostly almost naked and putting paint on each other and i mean it was it was it was really sexual and like for somewhere like utah it was i can i can understand but i also think it might be a cover for something else probably because he wasn't allowed to work for one year wild and i'm like that seems not right um anyways it was it was if you like that stuff I, it's a good one it's a good housewife show they're still terrible
1: um i read Heartstopper volume one by alice oseman i have not watched the show so i have no opinion on that um it's heart good Heartstopper is uh i think it was originally a web comic on i think Topos, so. yeah um about a boy named charlie who is gay he comes out in his high school but it's in England, so it's not a high school. Equivalent. It's whatever they call it over there. Um, and uh, he is sort of, he has sort of a friend with benefit situation going on with this guy who sucks. Um, but he ends up meeting this boy named Nick who becomes his friend really quickly. Um, and Nick is kind of a jock. He plays rugby. Um, and for all everybody knows about him is that he's straight um that that's not what i meant (laughs) the perception of him is that he's straight um because he has expressed interest in girls before so of course he has to be straight so charlie ends up developing this crush on nick and it's nick doesn't know how he feels at first because um it's weird to be bisexual um i have also experienced this feeling of like oh, I really want to be this person's friend. Like, I'm so obsessed with being this person's <sighs> friend. This is normal. It's normal to be this weird about being somebody's friend. Um, sometimes that is not actually what you want. <laughs> <laughs> so spoilers. <laughs> Nick actually also has feelings for Charlie. Um, and they're so cute. And they're so cute. Uh, it's Uh It was really cute. It was really, really cute. I thought it was very sweet. I liked the art quite a bit. Um... I don't think I would have enjoyed reading this on a screen, uh, so I'm glad that the hard copy exists because I can see how it would work well in a like on a mobile format. But I, mm-hmm. y'all, I hate reading from a screen. I don't like it. You hate
0: e-readers.
1: It's I don't hate them. I hate to use them myself, yeah. um, and so I really liked it in the the paperback format that I read it in I thought it was super cute and (laughs) being you know my perspective I was like oh no I can see how this is going to be a problem in the second I was I think because I have a little reading journal where I like take notes and stuff and like write my perceptions of a book and the first thing I wrote down for Heartstop was oh no don't be mean to Nick (laughs) like I get it I was like, I can understand why Charlie would be upset, but also, oh, no, Nick. Like, buddy, I've been there. Not, like, to that extent, but, like, buddy, I know.
0: I know what it's the about. The show was – I haven't read it, but the show was really good, and when he comes out to his mom, I cried so hard. Yeah, it was really cute. I liked it a lot. You probably um, like the show. Yeah, I'll watch the show eventually. It's not like overdone. It, it's not low budget, but it's like not overproduced. And they have still like things you can be like, oh yeah, this is clearly from a comic, but it was adapted well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I really liked it. I thought it was really good. Um, I'm excited to read the second volume. I read those two like heavy things in a row. Like Die is heavy. Also, I looked it up. The main character, the the guy, the GM, his name is Saul, not Mm. Sid. Mm. Um, uh, Die and Piranesi are not necessarily like heavy all the time, but like they're very weighty. There's like there's a lot happening beneath the surface. Not so much in Heartstopper, Mm -hmm. (laughs) so it was kind of a nice reprieve. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I really liked Heartstopper. I thought it was super cute.
0: Do you want to do the next one together since sure. we did it?
1: Um, so we watched Red, White, and Royal Blue, the I Amazon series. waited so long movie. to watch
0: this. So I, I read this book and our friend Bailey read this book. And we're like, we have to watch this together. I really wanted to watch it with Bailey, Um, especially because, like, in the past, I've watched movies, like, that centered around, like, it's Fire the, Island. Is Fire a Island, example. specifically, like, the gay experience. And I learned a lot that I would have never fucking known mm-hmm. so i really wanted to make sure i watched it with people around me who might get those things it's really interesting um we did talk a lot through it but um it was still really good
1: uh but i'm so i was so excited like we gotta watch this i'm so excited so mary talked about the book a while ago i haven't read the book i have read casey McQuiston's other one of their other books um one last stop uh, but Red, White, and Royal Blue is about the son of the president, whose name is something.
0: Al- Alex and... Alex and Henry.
1: Yeah. Um, And he has to go to some event with Henry, who is the, I believe, next in line for the throne in England. He, I think his brother's next in line. Oh, his brother's mm-hmm. next in He's, he's somewhere I in there. I think that's who's getting married in the beginning. Oh, okay. Oh, is it a wedding that they go yeah. to? I can't remember. So they go... He, They're both there because they're like important figures um and they end up getting in a fight that involves a cake falling on both of them and causes an international incident um alex is bisexual does he know he's bisexual at the beginning so in the in the book
0: i don't this is oh one he of the fucks things, around <laughs> yeah this is one of the things that um i wish they like they took out a scene that was actually one of my favorite scenes in the book and it's um him coming to like realize that he's bisexual like he never really thought about it and Henry's like questioning him on things he goes he's like well there was that one time when I was my friend's I snuck into my friend's room and we watched porn and jerked off together. Mm-hmm. And then we kissed there. But that doesn't make me gay. No. And then I think Henry was like, that makes you bisexual. <laughs> um, and then Henry go, looks him up and down and goes,
1: I'm very gay. And it's just such a good scene.
0: <laughs> and I'm sad they didn't have it in there.
1: Yeah. So so Henry is gay and Henry feels a lot of social pressure to not reveal that because he is like part of the royal family. Um, and they develop, at first they hate each other. Fun stuff. So and then they good. develop a friendship, um, especially because I think the two of them are able to understand one another's lives in a way that other people in their life can't. Um, so they bond over that and they end up falling in love with each other. So they end up falling in love with each other. And then, you know, circumstances get in the way as they do. But it was a very cute romance. I know the reception to the movie has been like kind of split and I can see why. But as a person who grew up in the mid-2000s with a lot of low-budget rom-coms, yeah. I found it kind of charming.
0: <laughs> I, I, I had heard a lot of it, like they don't have any chemistry that people mm-hmm. were saying before it came out and that it wasn't good adaptation. But for me, it gave me everything I wanted except for the mural. So. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I, that was done well, but didn't really hit the same way is their emails back and forth. Mm -hmm. And at the end, the PS's would be references to literature, times in history, um, pop culture, and which is, makes the, this, the line when he says history, huh, hit you fucking hard. Mm -hmm. Um, one of the things is, I can't remember, I think it's Alex really likes, star wars Mm -hmm. and at the end when he comes out they come out and everyone's so excited and his mom won he goes to a rally and like on the side of the wall is a mural of them one of leia and one of han and it was just like super emotional and like i'm sad i get why it wasn't in there his star wars they probably couldn't do it but um also the trans character i believe isn't in there either Mm -hmm. um but so those are the little things that like that didn't hit the same way because mm-hmm. it just i think it would have been
1: really difficult yeah. to do it um but it it was i feel like it was adapted pretty well i think so my perspective is i haven't read the book i've heard of i've heard about the book um from mary and i feel like you'd friend. enjoy that you'd be like that was cute yeah the movie I, it wasn't like really good from a, the perspective of somebody who hasn't read it it wasn't really good but here's the thing. I don't need a rom-com to be really good. <laughs> I need a rom-com to give me good vibes for an hour and a half. Yeah. Um, And the movie accomplished that for me. The acting wasn't stellar. That's fine. Some people were better than others, but it, I don't set a high bar for rom-coms. And I know I'm always complaining about people being like, oh, well, we don't set a high bar for this, so it's okay if it's not that great. But like sometimes it is okay if it's not that great. You know what I mean? I don't think anybody's praising, for example red white and royal blue the way that they're praising barbie for being a feminist masterpiece um so i i was entertained i thought it was cute it did make me want to read the book a lot of adaptations like this like they don't have to be stellar what they do for me is make me want to read the book yeah they're just they're just an hour and a half long book trailers yeah um, because I'm like, I know that this isn't going to cover the depth of emotion that I would feel if I was in the heads of if these characters. If you read it and
0: you got to the history, huh? I think you'd fall. Because <laughs> it just hits
1: so well. Yeah. He, but he said it, and both Bailey and I were like, oh my God. <laughs> and the, the three of us who haven't read the book are just like, neat. <laughs> history. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was cute. I thought it was an effective rom com. I like, I think that people are maybe a little harder on it than necessary mm-hmm. um, because it's adapted from a really good book. Um, as far as I know, I haven't read it, but... Uh, it, it was extremely popular. It definitely went around around that loop of like, and now people say it's terrible. Yeah. But it was like really, really popular. Yeah. Um, but I thought the movie was cute. It was exactly what I hoped for. It reminded me of that particular era of like teen rom-coms in the mid-2000s, stuff like She's the Man. Yes. Um... That other one with Amanda, but What a Girl Wants. Um, even, you know, things like Freaky Friday or... It had good Freaky Friday vibes. Yeah, it, it's cute. It's not like groundbreaking cinema or anything. But when you get older, those were the movies that shaped you. Yeah, and I think that we don't need every, you know, queer film to be groundbreaking cinema. Not every queer film has to be Carol, <laughs> you know. Um, I think it's, it's okay for queer folks to have, corny rom-coms too
0: <laughs> i think that's the issue that um is it bros yeah up against of uh, it was it was a very stereotypical rom-com it was i really liked it and i think people pushed back on that because they mm. wanted it to be blockbuster hit popular or movie. art house yeah something they wanted it to be something that it wasn't and it was just a fun movie
1: yeah i i think that that's okay we, do, we also don't need to overpraise it for what it is, a la Barbie. No, um, no. It's okay for something to just be enjoyable. It was. I loved it. And that's how I felt about Red, Red White, and Royal Blue. I thought it was really cute. It's probably, if it were uh, a rom-com about straight people, it wouldn't last in my brain for more <laughs> exactly. than 45 minutes. And that's okay, right? Like It lasts because it has the context of... um being a queer person and that shapes the narrative if it was just a forbidden love story between you know the daughter of the american president and the prince of england or whatever it'd be fucking boring um so it's okay that you know like it, it does a good job of being more than that even as i'm like it wasn't the greatest thing i've ever seen and that's fine yeah like I had a good time. It was I don't a good time. You know, as the as the adage goes, is it not enough to see a beautiful face? Huge. Uh, Alex is so cute. He's really cute. Jeez. He reminds me of that guy from. Uh, to all the boys I've loved before. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we were watching a trailer for that the other day, and Nikki was so like, "Is that cute. the guy from Red, White, and Royal Blue?" And I was like, "No, but they do look alike. They got those strong brows, yeah, and and it's the like chins, yeah. Not like a." Not like a broad chin, but like a, a strong it's one. Just strong. You could open a can you with that. You could open
0: a can. With that. <laughs> yeah, I liked it.
1: Yeah, it was cute. It was cute. Um, I can go next. Okay,
0: I watched the last season of The Crown. Um, they they released these in two parts, which I didn't enjoy. Um, but it's fine because at least I didn't do it one by one. Um, it wasn't my favorite season of The Crown, typically when I I love the Crown. If you don't know what The Crown is, it's um, the T V show about the royal family in England. Um, and it started when Queen Elizabeth first became queen when she was very young. And then it goes through all the years. This is the last season, and it ended this season was um when Princess Diana passed away, or she was she died from a car accident, and um William meets kate and it was okay it was good i enjoyed it um but there's nothing that really pulled me in like i thought i really liked princess diana's part but then she's gone and so it's like now i have to watch these stupid men be dumb (laughs) like i like i think i know why they put william's story in there of like meeting kate because now they're married and he was so popular at that age but he was kind of fucking boring like his dad his dad's really boring too in the show but they make it work really well um he's boring in the way that's interesting and i just found i think maybe what they did is because so many people were already so familiar with william they didn't like they didn't really handle it as well like they didn't get more in depth in the way that they did with his father when he was the same age so i think that's why um, but it was still good. It was still good. It just didn't hold my attention like the other ones did that I completely binged and absolutely loved. Um, it is like a dark, not dark, like, as in, like, feeling, but like, literally, visually dark. So I had to, like, watch it with the, with my lights off. And it is a little more serious, so maybe that's just not where my headspace was. But, um, I will tell you, some of the casting is so good. Like the guy who plays Prince William really looks like him. The woman who plays Princess Diana really looks like her. It's pretty wild. Um so I am curious if they'll at some point come back and do more. I think they don't want to do more because these are people's still living. Yeah, still living people's lives who are still getting fucked up. Um and I don't think Sorry if I just kicked you. No, you didn't. You just moved the cord. Um, wow. wow.
1: So I got to stretch out my leg. I have a leg brace on. You do? I have my knee brace on. Oh.
0: I, I will say that they got it out of Prince Henry that he had seen some of it. And mm-hmm. from the way that he talked about it, it seemed like it was pretty accurate. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, so much is, I think, documented with the royal family. It was probably relatively easy to get a lot of things pretty accurate. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, you know what? You come away and you're like, there probably shouldn't be a like royal family. Yeah, <laughs> They're probably they they like do nothing, mm-hmm. especially now they do nothing. Um, she did not get along with Tony Blair. The Queen did not get along with Tony Blair for a really long time, and then was like, oh, he's really popular, and we're not popular, so I guess we got to work together. <laughs> and had to like they they try to get her to um cut down on expenses like why do you need a keeper of the swans a keeper of (laughs) the rocks like i'm not kidding like these things like somebody's got to keep the rocks apparently in england the queen owns all the swans every swan i think so you know why i think so because i was watching something else and they said don't kill that swan the queen owns them all oh my god um like ridiculous things and they go through like trying to choose who to fire and what ends up happening is there's so much history to those positions and the people take them very, very seriously. And she's like, I can't fire these people are are um protecting this history that I think is important. Mm -hmm. Which sure. But you're also using not your money. (laughs) And you do nothing. And most people don't like you at this point. Yeah. Um I personally think that William will probably be the last reigning king I we think, can only hope yeah i think that that might happen um i don't know i just i don't think it's a popular thing anymore and i think that the show this season might have glorified the royal family a little too much and i think that's because of princess diana and prince william whereas in other seasons i feel like if it was more like hey not only is this like fucking these people up it's like not good for the country either because mm-hmm. um, you slowly see people really start to question it um, probably not as much as they should, but it was good. I enjoyed it. I thought it was a solid last season. Um, but it wasn't my favorite. Nice.
1: Um, I read Word Slut by Amanda wow. Montel. Um, this is a nonfiction book exploring the, uh, overlap of feminism and linguistics. Um, it's very much a, like, pop linguistics book, by which I mean you don't need to have a foundation in linguistics to understand it. Um, It is a really fun read, and it was really informative. Um, I really liked that, like, people don't always think about, like, we think about the language we use, right? I would say, like, maybe we're more conscious of language than we have been in the past, um, sometimes to our detriment, like people pushing back on things like singular they, um, but then also people being conscious of pronouns and being conscious of like not using racial slurs and that kind of thing. But we don't always consider why. We just know like, oh, I shouldn't say that or I should say this, but we don't really consider why that is. And I think this book does a good job of explaining it and explaining it specifically from a feminist perspective. Um, like how many were, like, one of the things I found most fascinating in the book is that, um, she talks about the words that we use to describe sex and it, almost all of them consider sex as penetration, right? Mm-hmm. Which, which puts the, you know, a person with a penis in the active position and a person with a vagina generally speaking this is like we're talking really broadly here a person with a penis in the active position and a person with a vagina in a passive position what if you know what if we lived in a world and it's not saying that this would change the world but what if we lived in a world where instead of thinking of sex in terms of penetration we thought of it in terms of enveloping right Hmm. like instead of the penis penetrates not just eating but like what if it wasn't the the penis goes into the hole so much as the hole receives the penis like mm. like that's a that's a pretty radical shift in thinking of like because from from the idea of penetrative sex we get things like um fucking and like all of these different words that stem Slurring. from the idea of yeah the idea of the person with the penis as the active partner and the other person as the passive partner what if instead enveloping was the active role that reminds me of american gods and yeah <laughs> uh, name. uh bilkis yeah or bilkwis um so that was one of the more interesting parts to me was because i was like i've never thought I I never considered a way to think about sex that wasn't like, um, obviously, everybody can be active in sex, but like the idea of sex as uh, uh, how do you reframe penetration from a non penetrative view? You know, obviously, there's we don't need to get into the specifics of how (laughs) sex works, but you get me. Um, That was one of the points I found really interesting in the book was like, how different would the world look? If everybody thought that way, like that would be a pretty different world if we thought of sex in terms of enveloping and not penetrating. Um, she's not the kind of, um, woo woo, uh, <laughs> woo woo linguistics person a la what the bleep do we know <laughs> word. Like, oh, the, the indigenous people of the Americas literally couldn't see Columbus's <laughs> ships because they had no word for ship. She's not that kind of linguist. It's more just like exploring the, um, The, like, what would the world look like if this were the case? Um, Based off of factual etymology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, The thing that didn't work for me about the book, and this is not an uncommon problem, is that just because we're feminists doesn't mean we have to support every woman ever. Uh, I would just like to say maybe Margaret Thatcher is not the best example of women who are reviled because of the way that they speak. Because, like, yeah, I'm sure that Margaret Thatcher faced... Uh, misogyny throughout her career but also margaret thatcher fucking sucks so. <laughs> people just used sexist language
0: yeah yeah uh it's like when like trump is terrible right and people kept calling him like a fat person yeah and it's like that's fat phobic that's and not the least, protecting
1: him that's the least thing that's <laughs> like what i care about least when it comes to people like yeah. that you know so and if, if it had been and it happened with hillary clinton too like if If it came up once, I would be like, it's fine. I understand you're using this as an example. But like Hillary Clinton and Margaret Thatcher kept coming up as examples. And I was like, can we stop like. I get what you're saying. Like, I get it. But at the same time, like, I'm sorry, you're not going to get me to feel sympathy for people who don't like Margaret Thatcher. The, the, or I, for people who do like Margaret the Thatcher. The idea, yeah. though,
0: of how they talk is such an interesting beca- interesting point. Um, Because I do see that. When I think about it, I do see that a lot. Like, yeah. the way that women talk. Vocal Fry, yes, Valley and that's, Girl.
1: She has a whole chapter about about specifically, like, women's voices. Yeah. And that's where she talks about um Margaret Thatcher and... I almost said Harriet the spy. <laughs> <laughs> Hillary oh. Clinton.
0: I could not remember her name for uh, a moment. And- In the new season of Justified, which is one of my husband's favorite shows of all fucking time, um, he, the guy, the main guy has a daughter and she has a really distinct voice. It, she sounds like a teenager. Like Mm -hmm. she is legitimately in real life a teenager. She's also legitimately the daughter of the actor. And my husband was saying people were so mad they cast her just because of her voice. Really? Yes. They couldn't stand her. They couldn't watch it because of her, because Mm -hmm. her voice.
1: Um, so, it, that does happen so often yeah no the the chapter overall i felt was like yeah yeah that that's a real phenomena right the phenomenon that people will um critique a woman they don't give a shit what she says only what she sounds like and uh that totally was valid it was just like positioning margaret thatcher as like a victim of this and i'm like yeah i'm sure she did face misogyny but we if we're gonna talk about margaret thatcher like we gotta also point out she did some fucking terrible <laughs> There's, things like more context there <laughs> yeah like i'm sure people did just hate her because she's a woman like i don't want to deny that she probably experienced that but also like woof i cannot just be like oh yeah poor margaret thatcher <laughs> um so that was there was a couple points like that she was sexist yeah she was she was sexist. there was another point where she used like a really um what's the word i'm looking for in internet parlance we'd say problematic but i'm looking for uh, culturally insensitive insensitive is the way that i would phrase it she used a very culturally insensitive metaphor and I was, and it's also an untrue metaphor, if you're familiar with the reality of it. And um, I was like, for for a linguist and in a book about the importance of language that we use, this is this is a sour no- a note, you know, like, this is, it really stuck out to me in that point, which we're not perfect. Nobody's perfect, you know, and, and Mary and I fuck up our language too. It's for not sure. like, I want to hold her feet to the flames for screwing it up. But it was just, there's just a couple points throughout the book where I was like, I feel like this could have been... You should have known better. Yeah, a little... (laughs) Let's let's tweak the dial on that one. Also, there was no works cited or oh, really? sources. There were sources sometimes listed throughout the text, but mm-hmm. like I really wanted like a further reading An or works cited or something. Biography. That was kind of a bummer. But if you're interested, I feel like if you're interested in this podcast, you're going to enjoy <laughs> Word
0: Slut. <laughs> I read some of it. I just like literally picked it up because Missy was talking about it, and it was right there. And like the first thing I read, I was like, "This is cool." Well, yeah, I can't remember what it was? I don't know, but I was like, "Oh, it was um." using words like cunt and yes. um pussy yeah and, yeah it was really interesting yeah
1: i feel like i'm if, so sorry if you're really offended by the c word i realize that not everybody uses yeah that not word everybody really is, is on board with that one um but yeah i feel like if you enjoy this podcast you're probably going to enjoy something like word slut especially if you have any interest in linguistics or language or how we use words which i think just fits into the umbrella of linguistics um so yeah, that's a recommendation. Just know it's there's a couple points where I was kind of like, really, <laughs> Margaret Thatcher.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a weird
1: one. But, like, I understand why she chose her an example because Margaret Thatcher, like, much like Elizabeth Holmes, like, purposefully oh, lowers yeah. her voice, like, lowered her voice so that she would be taken seriously mm-hmm. among um, like male politicians. She had a specific way of speaking to make herself more appealing mm-hmm. to uh, to a broad base. Um she was also a horrible fucking person. yeah So rotten hell. Um kindly in a non-sexist way. Kindly? Kindly rotten hell. Oh, yes. I thought you meant like kind like in a kind fashion no and I was like no.
0: No, just the she kindly can just- go fuck yourself. Yeah, she can
1: ki- she can kindly rotten hell as I'm- I am asking her to rotten hell. Yeah,
0: I'm being kind by saying please go.
1: Yeah, get the fuck out. Um yeah, that's it
0: last thing I have is uh, the documentary Mother God, which is on HBO. And um, whoa, what a wild ride. Um, So it is the story of a woman who starts a cult. And like, this is not from years and years ago. This is relatively recent. And I believe there's still people in this cult. Um, I think the most of the footage is from 2018 and 2019. Um, she starts a cult where she believes she is. It starts out kind of just like. Love, like love heals. That's the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Love heals. Uh, I can't remember exactly the saying they said, but everything can be cured by love. Uh, eventually it turns into, I have this snake oil and I can cure your leukemia. Um, but love heals, right? And the way that she, and then the way that she got it out there and got a lot of people following her is by using the internet. And they live streamed everything. Everything was live streamed. And so it hit a lot of people and really specific people. But then things started to like go to a point of, um, this is just a weird cult and like no one's really getting hurt. Well, you know, it's, it's weird, but it could be worse. To um, she is the reincarnation of Jesus Christ. There are ancestors or ambassadors of the past that include Robin Williams and Trump. Um, I think there's a conspiracy <laughs> theory in there. I was rereading the Wikipedia to remind myself something about missing technology because an explosion that sunk Atlantis um like weird stuff like weird weird stuff um and just she just wild they had to go to like different states because they kept being run out and eventually they go to Hawaii bad choice they go to Hawaii these are all mostly white people and and the the people who lived there, the Hawaiian people specifically who lived there, were like, "Hey, fucking leave!" And what does she do to like combat this? She says, "Oh, uh, what's the Hawaiian god?" Um, I think the one that you said was Pele. I think so. I think it was Pele. She's like, "Oh, actually, I'm a reincarnation of Pele, so you should you should allow me to stay." Wrong thing to say. <laughs> really really that just made them super super angry and i believe eventually they were chased out um but when it really started getting- when you say chased out i fully imagine like people with p- torches and pitchforks like honestly in the hawaiian when in hawaii like i think that they chased cars out and stuff like that it was pretty pretty wild um she had people just like people lived in the house they live streamed everything they started selling stuff on these live streams that were just bullshit everybody had to um like clean for her make her food she was they were all slaves essentially um they did things they didn't want to do and would like clean until their hands hurt and things like that but it started getting real bad when she found uh, a colloidal, colloidal silver and Really kind of push it out there as, um, snake oil type thing. It's going to solve everything. And so she took it every day. And the thing with, the thing with it is eventually turn you blue. Mm It will also slowly kill you. Yes. Um, so she started losing the ability to walk. She couldn't, like, it, it was hard for her to eat. And she eventually just like passed away from slowly dying. And, Um, the person I saw who recommended this, it was on TikTok. They said, Hey, um, trigger warning for seeing a dead person like right away. And yeah, it's like the first scene you see her. They they show her dead, uh, in the bed. And it is kind of shocking because she's blue and you don't know why. Mm -hmm. Um, but even after she dies, they're like, She's not really dead. This weird phenomenon. Um, she went rigor mortis, like someone, and then eventually she stopped. She went like, she, the Rick and Morris went away, which I think when I was talking to you about, you looked up, and it's, it does happen. Yeah, that's normal. Yeah, it's totally normal. They said that she was still warm for days, and they used, I don't know, some scan thing. They're like, she's scanning at a, a high frequency, you know, as you do. <laughs> yeah. Um And then the cops show up and are like, you guys are fucking weird. You can't do this. You can't fucking do this. Um It's a wild ride. It's three parts. If you like culty documentaries, um, it, this is for you. This is for you. Um It was really, really good. Um, it was definitely one of those documentaries for me that sparks that uh, now I need to go watch a shit ton of documentaries. I haven't found too many that I really like. I don't know how to explain the types of documentaries I really like, but I know it when I see it. I really enjoy... This is so weird. I really enjoy government, uh, economic frauds like uh the one about um like enron's just fucking good that that documentary is just fucking good the one about the 2008 crash was fucking good i love that shit um this one this one's really good um apparently there is another documentary that people are liking but i don't think i can watch it because it's about a woman who finds out her this is a huge trigger warning for child abuse. Her finds out that her um, grandpa was a pedophile growing up Ew. and is extremely open with her about it. And so she finds out and the whole documentary is her like learning more and finding these people and helping them heal and blah blah blah. Anyways, I don't think I can watch that. But if you
1: have a documentary that you think is really really good, let me know um you can email it to us contact yeah talk to or if you're in our discord you can just share it directly yeah. or if you want to join the distro- discord email contact at yeah. fakiegirlscast.com and i'll let you in yeah exactly um i do love documentaries about cults and religions and stuff like that
0: um but yeah this one was really good i highly suggest it it's just a wild ride like she starts turning blue mm-hmm. she starts turning fucking blue and i like i'm not like talking about like oh, um you're 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 not breathing and you start turning blue i mean like a grayish blue like she looks dead before she's dead uh it's gross yucky it's it's not good um and they she blames her state on the people following her she says you guys don't believe enough and this is your fault
1: she's using uh fairy rules
0: Yeah, exactly she is um so yeah, it was wild.
1: It was good. If you love a if you love a good documentary where the person thinks they're Jesus, it's for you. Nice. Um, I watched The Boy and the Heron, which is the new uh, Studio Ghibli film. Um, it like all Studio Ghibli films, it's really complicated. <laughs> like it's hard to just say like, here's what it was about. Here's the plot. I heard
0: that this is his like most personal story. He put the most of himself into this. Uh, I've
1: heard that s- about several of his movies. Mm-hmm. And it could be true about several of them. Because I also heard this about The Wind Rises. mm. Um, Specifically, The Wind Rises. Uh, It's about a boy named Mahito, I think is what it was. I will say about this movie, if you have a phobia of birds, Mm -hmm. this may not be the movie for you. There are some fucked up birds in this movie. Anyway, um, it's about a boy named Mahito who's... Uh, mother dies in i think like a hospital fire it might have been a hospital bombing um at the like in world war ii i think and his mother dies he runs to like the scene but he's unable to save her and his father works in a factory um and ends up like marrying after some time passes he ends up marrying the mother's sister um who is pregnant with his child And they go to live in this, like, sort of, um, country estate where, uh, the sister, where his, Mahito's mother and her sister grew up. And there's a big, like, crumbling tower there that supposedly a wizard used to live in or something. And, um, in Studio Ghibli fashion, uh, the, like, strange and supernatural starts to intrude on everyday life um in the form of a very weird heron <laughs> it's the <laughs> weirdest heron you can imagine you think from the trailers that it's gonna be like a cute bird that like takes him on a fun quest it is like, not uh, that's a fucked up bird <laughs> that is a fucked up bird it's not
0: like uh what's his name howl no when he turns into a bird and no you're, like, you're kind of a hot bird there's a
1: fucked up bird um um and he ends up in this like sort of magical place that I don't want to go too deep into because it's a spoiler. Um, I was really lucky; we saw this at a really cool theater that did like an introduction to the movie to give us some context. That's cool. Um, and one of the pieces of context is that the original Japanese title is how how do I think it's how do you live, um, which is based on a n- book by a Japanese author. Um, that is kind of, it's really asking the question, how do you live? Like, how do you live after horrible things happen to you? How do you go on? Um, and I think The Boy and the Heron is a, uh, much n- not nearly as good title. The Boy and the Heron kind of gives you the idea that this is going to be a whimsical adventure about a boy and his friend Bird, and it's, it's not that. It was a really emotional and at times dark movie. It wasn't my favorite Studio Ghibli movie, but I mean, even the worst Studio Ghibli movie, and this is not the worst one, even the worst one is gonna be really fucking good. (laughs) I've also heard that of like, it's not the best, but it's still good because it's a Ghibli film. Yeah, it's very thought provoking. I struggled a bit with some of the plot elements and like following exactly what was going on. Um, but I think that just means it warrants a rewatch and not that the movie itself is bad. Um, I think it doesn't hand us answers or like a clear narrative structure or a clear moral or anything like that, but it gives us lots of questions to think about. Um, and lots of strange events to consider. And, uh, in that way, it was really effective. Um, it was very, very beautiful, like visually. Gorgeous. I mean, all Miyazaki movies are fucking gorgeous, but like, they're just like scenes of like flowing grass, and they were just so pretty. Um, so I really enjoyed it. Again, not my favorite Studio Ghibli movie, but that's okay. Um, I think especially because like this one, like you mentioned that it, it might be a very personal story mm-hmm. for Hayao Miyazaki. Um, and I could, I could definitely see that. Uh, I, the, so I wasn't a hundred percent like, I didn't 100% love it until the ending, which was a fucking slam dunk. Like the (laughs) ending was so fucking good. Um, I was kind of like, oh, I'm not sure I really get this. I don't know if I really understand it that well. And then it got to the ending and I was like, man, it doesn't fucking matter if I understood the rest of it because that ending was so good. (laughs) Um, So I do. I recommend it if you are a Studio Ghibli liker. Um, Just know that this one is maybe it requires a little more unpicking and I feel like so something like uh Spirited Away I saw it was my first Studio Ghibli movie actually I think My Neighbor Totoro was my favorite but I remember seeing um Spirited Away and not really getting it but feeling like so immersed immersed in the world of Spirited Away even though I didn't fully understand the events this one I think is Less of that where you can just be like swept up in kind of the, the experience of it. I think you need a little bit more of your head in the game for it. I think you need to be really, like really engaging with the story in order to appreciate, um, what's happening emotionally and visually. Um, so I think it's a little more work than his other films, which isn't a bad thing. No. Um, it's just not as, It's hard Uh, to live up to his movies, even him. Well, I mean, more so, like, don't go into it with the mentality that you're watching Howl's Moving Castle or Spirited Away, which are probably his most accessible films, and maybe Ponyo. I haven't seen Ponyo. Um, Those ones, you don't need to know 100% what's going on to just kind of vibe with it. I think this movie benefits from you being really engaged, like... Like, really paying attention to the story mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. I think, it, I think it benefits from that. But it was a very good movie, and I liked it. Um, Do you have anything else to say? No.
0: It is weird looking at the outline and seeing what you're doing next, and I'm not. Yeah, and you're not doing that. Wow. Because you're having a baby. I can't believe I have to get this out of me. I know. It's- you
1: You got it in you. Now you
0: got to get it out. I watched uh, some birthing classes, and um, some of them were like, the pain's not always horrible for everyone. I'm like, liar you're a fucking liar it's fine I, i'm talking about my birth plan with my doctor next week and um i have under there drugs and and it just says yes <laughs> i'll take them you want to give them to me think i'm at yes epidural yes i'm not doing this
1: natural <laughs> mm-hmm. f that um you can find us online at FakeyGirlsCast.com. Uh, that has all of our past episodes. Um, it also has a link to sign up for our newsletter, which I recommend because I've totally abandoned social media. Sorry. I hate it. I feel that. I'm not posting to the dead zone that is X. Uh, I never used our Instagram. I'm not fucking making a blue sky. Like. I never even heard of that one. Sorry, I'm out. Um, but,
0: but even if you were, the, the emails it's really good thank you yeah it's got gifts and it's well written thank and you some good recommendations i do
1: enjoy it when my seat puts it thanks
0: uh because there's things in there that we don't talk about
1: yeah i like to put articles i've read and stuff that yeah. i find interesting in there um shout out to emily june for helping with our episode mm-hmm. transcriptions and uh next time i'm going to be doing scott pilgrim this will be out late february early march i think um I'm going to be doing Scott Pilgrim with Kat Overland, who is so the exciting. small press. Hmm? So exciting. Oh, I <laughs> think it's so pretty. <laughs> well, <Wow, fun laughs> Me too. Um, uh, Kat is the small press editor at LWAC, Um, And I'm very excited to talk to them about Scott Pilgrim. So look out for that. And that's it.
0: Catch you on the flip side. where I'll do one more. No. No? None? No. Get out. No more what we've been up to. So, no, this was it. I'll just catch you on the flip side of like, I don't know. I don't know how long it will be. <laughs> you I, might I hear from her again. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I don't know how how much I'm going to need it. How much like I'm like, I don't know.
1: I, I don't find
0: know. Out. I don't know, man. I've never done this before. <laughs> it'll be weird not having this in my life for a while. Though. Yeah. Like we've taken breaks. But not like this. But not where I'm not watching something for us. Yeah. Or reading or anyways. bye Bye. are you gonna say catch on the flip side are you gonna force the the new
1: people i don't know what we're gonna do i think that it should be like an initiation thing they have to say it i'm gonna copy you saying it from previous episodes (laughs) and put it at the end but i'll do a really bad job so everybody knows that's what i did or
0: you could do an ai generation ai generated mary (laughs) i think that'd be fine
1: (laughs) what was that for the um mrs davis Oh, What's yeah, you ChatGPT. What's up, fake geek Listen, Oh, uh, you geeksters. And yeah, wh- we used
0: ChatGPT to write uh, a script for the podcast about Mrs. Davis. And it was bad. It was so bad. <laughs> <laughs> no matter what prompt I, like, how I changed it, it was always bad. Yeah. And, like, when you do that stuff over and over and you're trying to get something, you, you realize how bad AI actually is. Actually, like, yeah. it's not very good. Um... Bye. Bye.
1: That's weird.